welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the short-term energy crisis that has gripped much of Europe and parts of Asia. You might be wondering what energy has to do with real estate. The economy is inextricably linked to energy and real estate is inextricably linked to the economy. We've got to remember that we're in the shoulder season between the extremes of summer heat and winter cold. This is the time of year when air conditioners are largely turned off and heating systems have yet to be switched on for the winter. So why are we in such an energy pinch? Turns out that energy producers scaled back on production during the pandemic. We had such a glut of fuel in 2020 that for a short time, oil prices even went negative as oil futures contracts expired and the owner of that contract had no place to store the oil they had just purchased. Global oil storage was at capacity and people were buying or renting rail cars and oil tankers just to have a place to temporarily store their new purchase in the face of collapsing demand and prices. Fast forward a year and global supply chains are out of balance. That includes energy supply. On top of that, unusual weather patterns in Europe reduce the production of renewable energy. Rainy weather in parts of Europe reduced the output of solar farms at the same time where the usually windy North Sea was calm. The massive wind turbines that dot the waters in the North Sea sat idle, shifting demand to the conventional fossil fuel methods of power generation. The problem with wind and solar is that it helps reduce your average production of energy from fossil fuels, but you still need to supply peak energy the old-fashioned way. Power generating utilities have several ways of producing power. Number one, natural gas. Number two, coal. Number three, nuclear number four, oil, number five, hydroelectric, number six, wind, and number seven, solar. The U.S. produces more natural gas than it consumes, and that's why gas prices are so low in the U.S. compared with the rest of the world. We've heard reports of large-scale industrial power outages in China, power rationing in Europe, elevated energy prices in Europe, and government intervention in the energy markets to try and stabilize the situation. Over the last several years, Australia built a massive natural gas export terminal and then discovered they needed to keep a lot of that gas domestically, and the project was shut down in 2020. The world is struggling to wean itself of fossil fuels. Today, a staggering amount of electricity is still generated with coal-burning plants, despite it being one of the dirtiest of all fossil fuels. The switch to natural gas is seen as a cleaner alternative, and we have got 40% of the world's energy consumed by 15% of the world's population. As those other developing countries grow their economies, their energy consumption is increasing. And if those countries develop their economies even to half of what it is in the West, the most developed economies in the world, that's going to create a near doubling of demand for natural gas on a global basis in just a few years. U.S. gets its gas from three places. There's the Marcellus Basin, which is around Pittsburgh, the Haynesville, which is around the Texas-Louisiana border, and the Permian Basin, which is primarily an oil play with some amount of natural gas coming along as a byproduct for the ride. The Marcellus Basin is prolific, but it's limited by pipeline infrastructure. So while there are some pipelines reaching the Gulf Coast, the Marcellus is supplying the northeast of the U.S. and is now starting to reach a little bit into the Midwest. The production in the Permian Basin is not driven by gas prices at all. Drilling in the Permian Basin is driven by oil prices, and the gas that it's produced is simply associated with the oil that's produced. Other places like the Illinois Basin also have gas mixed with oil, but that region of the country lacks the infrastructure to bring gas to market, and so an awful lot of it gets flared off in the field. Russia is lobbying to build a second pipeline to Europe via the North Sea, adding to its pipeline capacity that supplies Europe via the Ukraine and Germany. 
Russia supplies 35% of Europe's natural gas. Norway is the other major supplier, and they've been a lot more flexible in adding supply in response to the supply crunch. But still, gas prices are up 600% so far this year, and the price volatility has been extreme. We've seen 60% price increases within a 48-hour window. Rising energy prices around the world will slow economic growth, possibly pushing some economies back into recession. The economic stimulus has created heightened inflationary pressure, which is definitely going to result in a pullback in stimulus. But now we're at a point where we run the real risk of stagflation. That's a dangerous combination of economic contraction at the same time as we have price inflation. Layer on top of that, that we also now have another variant, another mutation of the Delta variant that is sweeping the United Kingdom and could sweep the rest of the world. All of these combinations can be both harmful to residential real estate and commercial real estate. Interest rates would rise and prices would fall. Shrinking equity creates the risk of borrower defaults as borrowers struggle to maintain debt to equity ratios in the face of falling prices. Equity injections are not a normal part of the borrowing process, and few borrowers have the reserves to do so. The current narrative in Washington aims to scale back fossil fuels, and that completely neglects this most basic understanding of the link between economic output and energy consumption. As you think about that, I believe it's super important to pay attention to what's happening in the world of energy. Have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.